you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And oh, just that God is doing a work in your life, bringing great joy to you that you find yourself reading his word. We're, we're honored and privileged that you would tune us in today, that you would go out of your way to do that and listen. And, and boy, you're in for something today. As those of you remember yesterday on Monday, uh, we started talking to a dear brother of mine who's stood toe-to-toe with trials and uh, the devil trying to ruin him, ruin his family, ruin his wife. And I'm going to give you, uh, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a breaking news here. But by the time we get to the end of this, might be today and tomorrow, and we'll we'll bring some of his kids along the journey as well. Uh, but man, everything, God worked everything out. Not only worked things out, not only was there innocence, but there's an apology there. I mean, there's things, folks, that you are going to, uh, that's just going to blow your mind. So we got to the point yesterday, we were cruising along, we, we talked about the three in the morning, banging on the door, him calling the cops, cops are at the door, taking his kids away, putting them in foster care. Uh, we, we talked about the consular, um, who got saved, the consular's daughter who got saved. We're talking, uh, and then we talk about a pastor friend showed up with a sheriff and <laughs> with guns blazing and wanting to go get the kids. And folks, let me tell you something. When, when you're totally up against the wall and in a corner, you lose some folks when when there's accusations made, when there's untruths flying, when people don't see you anymore as a financial help, when people don't see you anymore as that guy, they leave. And as somebody who's been through trials, nothing like what my dear brother's been through, but I'm here to tell you, the people who remain at the end of the day, well, there's some cool folks and there's some godly folks. And they show up, brother, with handguns, right? Yeah. So, so tell us the rest yeah. of this story here, yeah. Amen. So um, I want to go to the end real quick um, and just say this. Um, it was hard. I would say I would say it was impossible for us to just to continue to trust the Lord through this thing. And so we really did subsist on the faith of others at times. And, you know, there was a few times my wife and I were both despondent at the same time. And those were rough days. Um, but normally one of us was doing a little bit better than the other. You know, we'd have to get ready for the hearings. And there was about a hearing a week, roughly. Um, and and they were terrible. You know, we didn't get to visit with the kids. Um, our, our, that our was going to be my question. How often were you allowed to see the kids? So uh, I'll answer that in about eight seconds. I want to okay. say right now, our family is awesome. And Amen. we have an amazing relationship with our kids and our grandkids and it's because of a great god and it's because of other people who came alongside uh just to to be a support and to love on us um through that circumstance so so the the kids went into foster well the kids got taken at three in the morning you know my 10 year old daughter's slung over the shoulder of a police officer screaming daddy 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 in the middle of the night and i'm just like oh that's one thing that'll never never leave my my mind but then you know we go and and 
I get to preach and teach things. And I mean, what a what a great ministry the Lord's given us. But <clears throat> so we didn't talk to them for. Uh, I want to say we saw them on the fourth or fifth day, and then we didn't see them again for two weeks. And we had to go to court fourth visitation. And so finally we get visitation a um, little over two weeks into it. And, you know, we, we weren't getting updates. We didn't know where they were at or how they were doing. All we knew is that they were all four together, and we were thankful for that. And um, so we had to go to court and force visitation. And the first visitation, my oldest daughter was 16 at the time, ran to me and hugged me and, you know, just kind of fell into my lap and she was crying. And so because of that inappropriate touching, <laughs> we had to do visitation from then on at a, at a conference table across from each other. And, you know, we weren't allowed to touch, you know, we, of course we oh. couldn't talk about anything, but but bunny rabbits and rainbows. And I, I mean, it was just crazy. And then what, my one daughter that made the accusations, I never did get to see her until uh, four and a half months into it. And, and then we, so we went to court to force family therapy because there's a, there's a plan that they, there's a protocol they have to stick by. And until you have family therapy, they can't reintegrate the kids back to the home, but they would not authorize family therapy. So we're just fighting this, fighting the system. So, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And some of those things really are institutions and, yeah. and those systems, and we fight against them. I mean, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but. So we took it upon ourselves to think, hey, if God's on our side, and and, and uh, we're going to fight this. And because we were innocent, there was no, no truth to any of the accusations and that. You know, by the time it was all said and done, they had to <clears throat> they had to admit wrongdoing. You know, the the judge sort of condemned the the agency that did all the stuff. But anyways, we get we get to um, family therapy, and that therapist. I'm telling you, God put people in our life. I I can't even describe. So the lawyer that Cindy got, uh, the lawyer that my wife got. Um, apologize for that. Um, we prayed and begged God for, and we were praying for someone who'd be a warrior. And, and I'd called this, this lawyer and he said, yeah, I don't want to do anything with that. And, and then about a week or two later, he calls me and says, Hey, I want you to come and meet me. I want to talk to you about your case. And so I went into his office. He's got all my papers strewn on his thing. He says, I'm appalled at what they're doing to your family. And, uh, by a miracle, he took our case and he shook up the entire court system. And it was just, I'm, it's as if, you know, uh, I don't know, Jeremiah walked in there or Elijah or something, Amen. you know, and it was powerful. And he had been previously an independent Baptist. And so we weren't weird to him. <laughs> we were normal people to him. Everyone else thought we were you know, weird and cultish because we'd have 40 or 50 people in the waiting room. They, you know, we just... We just had people supporting us, and they're not used to that. And, and uh, so, so the visitation, we get the family counseling going, and we the therapist goes, says, "I'll be back in about ten minutes. I got to go get the girls." It was over an hour. My wife and I are sitting there in this room. No, no one's telling us anything, and we don't know what's going on. And we're, you know, excited and then terrified and then crying and then praying and you know all that stuff. Well, then she comes in. And my youngest takes her backpack and throws it on the ground and says, why don't you want us back? Mm. That's what they filled their mind with. Oh. 
they told our kids that we did not want them back, that if we wanted them back, they would already be home. Divide and, and multiply. I mean, they're just oh dividing you guys and multiplying yes. the lies. So, so what do you do when she tells you that? I mean, well, that therapist, she, so she was crying and, you know, we'd already had two sessions with her. So she understood the situation. She had all the court papers. Of course they have to assume guilt, you know, because of the process that she was fully convinced that there was no, there was nothing to the accusations. And even in the court, never one time did they bring up the accusations. What the reason we were, they kept us apart, um, kept our kids from us was, that they were raised in an oppressive environment because oh. dad is heavy handed. He's a pastor. The schoolmaster is what they said and whatever else. I'm just like, goodness. And meanwhile, they're telling us our kids are the best kids they've ever had in the system and whatever. But anyway, so that family therapist after that session said, if you sue, I will be the first one to speak on your behalf and so we just we just shouted hallelujah you know praise the lord we've got another person in our camp and by this time that therapist had already told us that you know her daughter was saved and then of course there was another therapist we had to go to so i think we had was all said and done like we went to seven different therapists and i had to take some um i had to take some um the personality tests and uh, all those things, like I had to take several of them. One of them was a sexual battery test. And it, I took pictures and sent to my wife. I'm like, I can't even answer these questions. This is, no one should have to even think of this stuff. I know there's people that do that for a living and I pray for them (laughs) regularly because of that. But I, I mean, it was just horrendous, the things that they put us through the things they accused us of and um but you know god never did god never shook once god god never quaked you know i just i have my own vision of heaven and so does everyone else and i just see you know the the armies of of god saying hey let's go rescue this family and god's keep putting his arm out saying just wait we're building something in these folks and we didn't. That's nothing I'd ever want. Yeah. I'd never ask for it. Uh, uh, hey, at this point, brother, I think we're going to go ahead and transition so that we can play the middle message for our radio broadcast partners. But uh, uh, just, folks, as we move along, there's so much going on here in the background and, uh, you know, being called oppressive because you're a Christian. But, uh, hey, hang with us. There's a lot more to hear. We'll be right back. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Well, brother, so we're we're back with you. There's so much going on. You got a family concert on your side, all you can go ahead and you got yeah, somebody yeah, in yeah. your camp and, and go from there, brother. Yeah. So the, you know, when I said in the last episode that, um, we had learned at a hearing that we would not get our kids back, you know, that that was basically what we were left with. And we went to the attorney's offices and, you know, cried and prayed and, and, uh, he had told us, you know, that they, 
they had convinced the girls that we don't want them back and they, you know, all this stuff. And so we went to that camp meeting and I preached and, and we prayed and the church fasted. And I, I mean, things just began to, to move a little bit. And, you know, we, we had had visitation with the girls and then that was cut off and then it was started again. I mean, it was just chaos. We had a few phone calls and they stopped allowing us phone calls and, and, uh, you know, they didn't have any access to their support group. None of their friends were able to contact them. They wrote some letters, but they only got maybe 10% of them. Um, and, and so we're getting to this point where we've, we've got the house ready. We're ready for inspection, you know, hoping that we can do some reintegration, at least have them over for dinner or something. And uh, they, were, they were still dragging their feet. And we had another hearing. And the, that warrior attorney that I told you that God miraculously supplied, he, he said, today, just hang on. We're doing a scorched earth approach. And he stood up, and I am not kidding you, he set the world on fire. And he brought out some lies that the caseworker had. The, part of the reason we were in the situation we were in is because the caseworker had been lying to the court. But we don't have access to those papers. Mm. So the attorneys got them and brought it out. So that, that caseworker, first she screams, and then she starts bawling, and then she runs out because you know she could be arrested for that and lose her license and all this other stuff because what she had said was, was completely opposite of what the truth was. She was falsifying records that the girl – each girl had a therapist and – where you got the foster family and the caseworkers and all that mess. There's about 40 people involved in this thing. Meanwhile, we have a God in heaven that is working. And, you know, to say, it's hard to say I'm thankful that it happened, but I'm thankful that we went through it because it did show me some things that suffering, it, it really does make us more like Jesus. And, we don't like to think that way, but if it wasn't so, God would not allow it. He, he's not – it allows us to trust in him. It allows us to cry out to him, and he says when we cry out to him that he'll incline his ear under our cries, and we know this for a fact because we lived through this circumstance. And I know people go through way worse than what we've been through, and you know, I can have – uh, you know, a, a limited amount of empathy. I can, and, and you know, people who've been through way worse than what we've been through. And, but you've been through the fire, brother. I mean, you're you're in the middle of the fire, yeah, right yeah. now. And in, in this part of the story, I mean, here you are. Yeah. You got a guy who's finally bringing out the truth, and uh, yes, yeah. Oh my goodness, we were we were elated. So at the end of that, the uh, the judge said, he said. Um, I am sickened by the way this this case is gone. Um, the agency has failed this family. The court has failed. Everyone has failed this family. He said, I'm taking this case away from y'all. I'm putting it directly under this court. And, and so not a whole lot changed that day except that that agency was fired, and which started a whole other process that we weren't aware of. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but anyway, so then it was just you know another two weeks. We went to this this case, and we had been trying to get the girls to be at a hearing, but they would not allow them to be there. So we we got with our attorneys, and we we sent a subpoena for them to be at this hearing. 
because we knew that the best way to get them home was for them to see us fighting for them and for them to to voice, you know, I want to go home. And, you know, I would say to any parent that may face anything like this, teach your kids to say, I want to go home. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> but so the judge said everyone out and he got the girls in there. Then he brought everyone back in. They were in there about 20, 25 minutes, something like that. And um, we all came back in there. And he said, um, I, I apologize. You know, these, this uh, agency failed this family. I'm sending these girls home uh, effective immediately. And uh, they're still under the control of the court, but we're sending them home. And I looked at my attorney and looked at Cindy and she looked at her attorney and we're hugging attorneys and hugging each other and crying. And, oh, but, <laughs> but the 10 or 12 people that they allowed in the courtroom to be witnesses on our side there, they were all rejoicing and we still didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and we're like, what does that mean? They're coming home. When? Now? What? Amen. <laughs> and, you know, so in, in a matter of two weeks, two and a half weeks, God went, took us from we'll, we'll never get our kids back to the kids are coming home today. And it was just, um, I'm telling you, we saw God work and then worked in our family. Um, you know, we had some, some hard days. Yeah. That, yeah. That followed. We had some beautiful family meetings. You know, we've, we, uh, in fact, just yeah, last night, my youngest daughter says, Hey, we need to have a family meeting. And, you know, it's just something that we, we do now. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just a beautiful thing. And, I mean, yeah. you know, so I, I, I mean, this parents. begs a question, I think at this point, brother, and uh, I, I love the family meetings and everything that happened and caught up to this yeah. point. But I, I mean, uh, so there's one daughter who made, or the, you know, there's one child who made false mm -hmm. accusations. Right. Yeah. And so how, I mean, the kids come home. I yeah. mean, there's got to be resentment. I mean, how do you guys, how do you handle all that? So we had, you know, um, at arm's length, we had a couple of girls' homes uh, in case something was bad. We didn't know what to expect, but our, our goal was to minister to our daughter but salvage our family. And so we had quite a few two-in-the-morning meetings, you know, and she was angry. She was bitter. I mean, she she was living as a boy for a while. I, I mean, it was just it was just some crazy times and we made it through all of that. Um, you know, we made, we made sure that to me, I, I think the most powerful thing about God is even on the darkest days, I know he loves me. Yeah. And, and I wanted to make sure that she knew that we loved her and yeah, we may have some arguments and we may have some disagreements, but you know, I love you and we're going to work through this. And, Wow. And now she lives a mile from us. You know, we, we, uh, she's over here. We're over there. We have, you know, we see the grand grandson whenever we, we want to. I mean, we have a beautiful relationship with that girl. Thank you, Jesus. It, it's, it's hard. She still struggles. And, and, you know, the other girls have gotten past it. Um, I think there's some, you know, there's probably some PTSD from, yeah, from all that. I believe. Um, but she still struggles. And I wish that she could, forgive herself and move on because I mean, she's watching God bless the family and she's yeah. Accepting forgiveness. Um, 
is so hard for a person like that because there's so much pride that the devil plays upon. You know, oh, there had to be an element or something there. You know, I mean, it's constantly. So to get to the point where you and your wife got very quickly and said, God, no matter what happens, we're going to follow you. We're going to serve you. We're going to, and for someone to accept God's forgiveness, accept God's plan. Folks, I want to do this. We're obviously going into uh, Wednesday on this tomorrow, but I wanted to close with this verse. There there have no temptation taken you, but such Amen. as is common to a man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. You know, I, I, I'm always freaked out by God won't give you more than you can handle, but this verse kind of says he'll give you, he'll, he'll be with you when you handle it. So listen, Amen. folks, yes. I hate to close like this. We're coming back tomorrow. We're hopping right back <laughs> in. We sure do Amen. love you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.